Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. The podcast where we actually explore the minds of leaders from all around the agriculture and agribusiness space about what it takes to lead intentionally in this industry today. My friends, if there's some value in here for you today, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, share this with someone who needs to hear the message of what it takes to be intentional. Let's get into the show. All right, Troy, welcome to the Intentional Leader Podcast, Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. Good to have you on here. I'm excited for this conversation today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mark. I'm looking forward to it too. This will be my first time. Actually, I take that back. This will be the second time I've done a podcast. Last time was for uh, Ballistic Chronicles. Oh, for wow. Wildlife program we were put, working on. Yeah, perfect. Well, I tell you what, man, It's uh, I've been getting that a lot from folks that we've been bringing on this podcast. And and I think in part, I mean, there's until we put this together, there really wasn't a good podcast that was just for leaders and ag, you know, yeah. talking leadership. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the first question is, what does it mean for you to be intentional? Well, to me, being intentional is exactly what the definition would be, right? To be deliberate in what you're trying to accomplish and set goals in place that uh, project you to that level. Like for us, using the crop we were just talking about prior to this, uh, we work very hard. We deliberately carry over seed so that we can start the year for the plant growers earlier in the season. Most of our competition will sell out and then they're waiting for new crop to provide this early sales. We made a, a deliberate decision, an intentional decision to carry seed forward so that we could we could be more more convenient for the growers that we work with that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think that's a the, the the word deliberate is a really great clarifier for people that maybe get a little bit uh, muddy with the word intentional. Um, and in you know what you're talking about also what I love about it is it's <clears throat> there it's 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 hard to do that right it it, is. It, you have to really take a pause and at some point you had to go and work on the business instead of just be working in the business all the time to make that decision for your customer absolutely you know we got tired of um letting letting people down a little bit I guess is probably the right yeah. word right july early august they're wanting to start planting some guys are they got the corn off they're ready to start putting the triticale in because they want grain graze a little earlier in the year and so we said man we probably miss a half a million pounds of sales or a million pounds in sales every year because we don't have the product sitting in our warehouse so we made the conscious decision one year just just to say okay we're not going to clean about approximately a million pounds of seed we're just going to carry it over and we have been able to fill those demands early which puts us in the first place in the Rolodex with the growers. Because if you call Bailey Seed, it's always available, right? If you call me in June, I'll have it. You call me in July, I have it. You call me in May, I have it. You call me August, September, October, November, I have it. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. have to chase anybody for it. We have it. Right. And in and, and that way, you're in some cases, dare I say, supporting people who are being less intentional with thinking ahead about what they're going to need. Which is oftentimes... <laughs> Growers, exactly. I mean, they're that's, busy people, right? No, yeah, no shortcut, no, no fault of their own necessarily. Exactly, but things happen. Weather patterns change. All kinds of things happen, and then all of a sudden, the drills in the field, and I need my seed today. Where do I go to get it? Bailey always, Bailey's always has it. That's yep. kind of the way it's worked for us. Yeah, good for you. 
Awesome. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the team a little bit. Cause you know, it's, it's agribusiness, right? Everybody struggles with talent these days, you know, whether it's finding enough people or keeping people, what's, what's working for you and uh, in your squad. And as much as you want to share with us to, to, to attract and retain and, and be intentional about that. Well, that's an area that we've been very blessed in. Honestly, Mark, we, uh, Haley has been with me for 22 years. Uh, Craig Sellers has been with me 12 or 14 years. Our lead warehouse guy has been here 12 years, roughly. Uh, we just don't have a whole lot of turnover in the core group of people that we're looking for. Uh, we did have a little turnover just recently. So for us, the retention part of it has been pretty easy once we find the right people. And they, we get those people to believe in what we're doing. Then we, we treat them well. You pay them well. We do extra things for them on the side. We always call Bailey Seed the BSG family. So we intentionally take care of people, just like my accountant the other day. Her car broke down, so I lent her one of my cars, right? I, I drove out and picked her up 25, 30 miles away from where I live, gave her a car, brought her back to my house. She dropped me off, and then she took my spare car, and she used that for a few days while I was being worked on. We've done that for people in our warehouses as well. Uh, so I, our retention is it's always been that what we've say is build it around the family, the BSG family, make mm-hmm. them feel a part. Everybody, they, I always tell everybody we're only as good as our weakest cog. And I want the weakest cog to always be me. If mm-hmm. I'm the weakest cog in the wheel, then we got a pretty strong team. Nice. And everybody needs to feel like they're that, they're that important mm-hmm. because they yeah. are, I can't do everything. That's, if you're going to scale anything, <laughs> you know, usually the, the, if, if you're anywhere near the top, you're going to be one of the biggest bottlenecks. So you got to have great people around you. So that's right. Yeah. That's great right. answer. I, it, and it also kind of lends itself to to the next question around culture. You know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot, I find a lot of organizations aren't super intentional about creating culture. Sounds like you guys have put some time and thought into that. So what, uh, what's, what's been most important for you guys about building intentional culture at Bailey Seed? Well, that's kind of a tough one for me. Uh, culture. Uh, we we try to do two or three times a year team building programs with everybody, but as a whole group uh, company. Uh, once a year, we take we go to on a strategy session and we talk. We take everybody that is in a core role of the company with us to that strategy session. We go to Sisters of the Coast or whatever. Spend a week. Uh, talking about the different things that we need to accomplish going into next year, what our strengths and weaknesses were in the previous years, where we need to add the team. What do we need to be doing better for the team? What do I need to do for you? You already know what I need. Now I need you to tell me what I need to give you to be successful. If you tell me the tools you need, I'll help provide them. And we can be confident and successful that way. Yeah. So it's not a listening strategy then. Right. Just yeah. trying to hear from the ground up. What are the needs? I think oftentimes we get stuck in our box and <clears throat> we don't listen to what's going on around us. And you you can't be you can't be knowledgeable about every aspect of the company. I, I, I can't run every piece of equipment in the warehouse. Right. I, I can drive a forklift. I can load trucks. I can do all those kinds of things. But there's a lot of that equipment. I could go out there and run it as long as somebody's got it set up. But I may not know how to set every little detail in place to make it work properly so you have to lean on people and those people need to learn it's okay to lean on me i always tell everybody i have an open door policy you got you got you got an issue with somebody in the family you come see me sit down and we'll we'll discuss it and we'll come up with a plan to work our way through it yeah 
Yeah, that's great. I love I love leaders that are approachable. You know, some of the most influential people in my life uh, have been very successful people. And one of the things I noticed about successful people is that they're also often accessible. Well, you know, I had somebody tell me one time that, Troy, how come you give people complete access to you? Aren't you worried about them becoming a competitor? And I said, man, I pray that everybody's has been as successful as I've been able to be. If it wasn't for my parents, if it wasn't for the guy I worked for on the farm who gave me those same tools when I was a kid, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So it, it behooves me to help somebody else be successful. You bet. You bet. Love it. And I also say that, and I have to remind people also, because this is one of the things that we teach in our programs, is it's also important to have boundaries. Very much so. Yeah. Right? You yeah. know, people will take advantage if you, if you, you know, if the open door policy is just a little bit too open, there's a time and a place I got to get some work done too. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Very true. I find that most people who plan on staying here for a long time, yep. don't take advantage of those boundaries. It's usually the guys who are taking advantage of those boundaries are the ones that long-term we don't want. Right. And they're not good for the team. Typically mm-hmm. uh, they're not just taking advantage of me. They're taking advantage of the group. And so we try to weed those problems out. Uh, We try to keep a strong team. If you can't be part of the team, you can't work for Bailey Seed. You bet. Well, and I think that that's a good indicator to be watching out for as a leader, because that's not something that's on a job description or, you know, in an HR policy. But when you start to see people that are, you know, let's just say, let's be honest, they're takers, not givers. Yeah. Come in late all the time. Want to be early all the time. 10 minutes Mm -hmm. late from lunch. You know, I, I had a guy tell me one time, what's 10 minutes, Troy? I was like, I don't know, 10 minutes, five days a week, almost an hour. How about mm-hmm. if I just start shorting your paycheck two hours a week? Make sure we cover the cover my losses, right? And mm-hmm. not to be mean, but oftentimes yeah. they don't really see that they're taking from the team. You not being here 10 minutes means somebody else was picking up your slack, most likely. You bet. Yep. Anyway. Yep. I'm with you. All right. So let's talk about uh, talk about some of your experiences. What's been one of the biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome in the course of your career? Well, there's been a lot of them. Uh, but the biggest hurdle for me was when my dad died. Mm. He was my mentor. He was the guy that gave me lots of guidance to and taught me to be who I am today. Right. So when he passed away of a heart attack uh, mm. unexpectedly, and that kind of left my mom and I in kind of a lurch to pick up the pieces. And and I always, you know, I, we, we did a pretty good job. But when you have somebody you can go in and talk to every day about the situations, your sounding board, the person you admire, I guess, um, and you lose him all of a sudden or her, mm-hmm. you're reeling with emotions and all kinds of things going on there. And there was probably six months there where it was a super big struggle. And this is where the team side of Bailey Seed really came into play. Got it. Yeah. Wow. That's a- you know, Haley's been with us long enough, Mark, that we gave her 10% of the company when I bought my mom out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 years of service, never asked for nothing. Took a very critical role in helping us build the teams that we have today. And so in return from that, I was like, I, I need to give you something. You need to be a part of what we're trying to build here. So we gave her 10% of the company. Wow. Wow. Now that speaks a lot of, uh, of your leadership and, and trust obviously in her. Cause that's a, that's a fantastic uh, gift, you know, in yeah. a way to be able to have that kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. She's like a sister. It's family. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. How long how long ago did your dad pass away? He passed away in 2001. Okay. So it's been 23 years. Yep. Yep. Wow. I, uh, I I can relate. You know, we had a family business as well, and then uh, you know, my uh, eight years ago, almost nine years ago, um, you know, and when you're talking about, you know, you had that person you could just go bounce ideas off of, or you know, like I always knew we were in business together, but I could go home. You know, if you needed somebody to set you straight, if things were getting tough, you had that person that could kind of give you the pep talk or chew your ass or whatever. <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. whatever you needed, you know, he knew. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's hard for people that you work with when they see you as an, it's, it's hard to be an owner, but be seen as part of the team. It's hard for people to wrap their head around that you're not the boss. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing my dad always had, right? Is sure. I wasn't the boss. Uh, so he could put me in places that most people would be afraid to challenge. Yeah. Which is healthy. Mm-hmm. Hence Haley's, Haley's a partial owner because she Got was never it. afraid to challenge, right? Yeah. Lord knows I make plenty of mistakes. Somebody's got well, a real man. We, we, I think we need more of that. We need more people who are willing to challenge the status quo or challenge our ideas. And and I, I you know, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to surround myself with people that will call me on my call my bluff once in a while if I'm getting off the rails. So I always tell people, I, I want you to be honest with me. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to tell me what I want to hear. I want you to tell me what I need to hear. Yeah, yeah. We need we need more of that in our cultures today. We do. So uh, what's been, so that was a big challenge. What's been, what's been your biggest win? Well, in June 8th of 2020, we acquired Corvallis Feed and Seed, uh, which was something that my dad tried to do in 1999 when he was still alive. Um, and that's a long story to go into, but uh, so to, to, so to achieve that success, acquiring some, his dream uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then we made a, pretty substantial investment in building a new processing facility in a 50,000 square foot warehouse down there. Uh, so that would be my biggest win in my opinion. Cool. Yeah. That's a big win. That's great. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I could make a guess at this based on the previous answers, but who, who's been somebody you've really admired in the course of your career? <laughs> well, so I was, I was really thinking this through, obviously my dad was one, yep. my mom and dad, I should say. Sure. But Haley, my partner mm-hmm. would be another. Terry Ross, the guy that owns as a partner in a company called ISG, uh, is another guy that I admire. He's helped us build this company over the last 13 years. He's been part of it, helping us do production. Uh, I would say that those people have been the biggest admirations for me. Uh, there's the people I can fall on. And then my risk management guy, Eric Hummel, uh, he's another guy that he's become my sounding board. He's kind of taking dad's place without being a relative, right? So uh, and then always my banker, my yeah. banker, my banker and I have a good relationship, uh, and he's a great sounding board. So, you know, those, that's the core group of people that I've tried to surround myself with that help me solve problems and help me build a future, uh, by keeping me on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that. So you got a whole mastermind of people around you that are in support. I'm not very smart. So I had to. <laughs> right. I like it. We we need to keep talking after this. I need to learn some things from you too. So, <laughs> so uh, what uh, is you know de- um, development for for leaders obviously is very important. Um, I would assume hopefully there's a lot of uh, business leaders from around the ag space listening to this uh, podcast or maybe watching the YouTube video or whatever. 
but you know, for you, what, what's been important about personal development? What books do you recommend? What book are you reading right now? Whichever, wherever, whatever direction you want to take with that. Yeah. So I, I, this is, this is going to be a tough one. This is a real, my real weakness reading. Uh, I'm severely dyslexic. So reading for me is a major obstacle. I can read every word in the book, but when I get to the end of the book, I can't retain what I read. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. So for me, reading is something I don't do. Podcasts and listening. I read, I, I, I retain what I hear very well. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I listen to a lot of the Hay Kings, a lot of agriculture stuff, RDF TV, you know, I, I watch all those different things and, and learn that way. And then I, I read articles and small blips, um, certain market segments we're trying to get involved in. So I really don't have a book per se. Uh, I try to sound, surround myself with people who have a lot of knowledge. And then I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And, uh, I try to learn from that. I love it. I, I mean, we live in such a cool world these days where I guess if books aren't your thing, uh, and I try to encourage people, you know, that, uh, just flat out, you know, dyslexia is a different thing, but people flat out make the excuse. They don't have time to read. I'm like most people have time to take in 10 pages, right? If you did 10 pages a day, that's a book a month, you know? Um, but if that's not a thing, man, podcasts and audiobooks and YouTube, and I mean, there's just so many cool ways and short form content with YouTube shorts and TikToks and reels and all that. I mean, there's, I mean, I learned how to grow avocados by watching a TikTok video. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've got five of them growing in my backyard right now. Cause I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> well, you know, I think that one of the things that audio has allowed us to do is utilize time. That's dead space traveling. Mm-hmm. So when you're on the road driving, there's a lot of good audios out there to listen to that you can learn. And I try to, I try to learn a lot about certain market segments that we're involved in the grains side of things. And, and, uh, uh, marketing a little bit. So I try to p- pick out specific audio books that I can listen to and, or, uh, podcasts and podcasts are probably my favorite, uh, mm-hmm. tool. Uh, and then I, I can listen to it over and over and over again. You can always go back to a spot and rehear what was said. So anyway, that's been my deal. The book, when I seen that, I was like, Oh man, I'm gonna look like yeah. a dumb dumb in this deal, but yeah. it's the truth. Re- retention for me is very difficult, but audio for me helps. You bet. Yeah, it's. I'm the same way. I I do enjoy reading. I try to take some time every morning to just read a little bit. But I'm uh, I went went through kind of a personal transformation in my early 30s, and at that point in time, I just had to create a boundary for myself. I was going to get up and and go to my, go to my kitchen. Somebody else can take care of the kids. Somebody else can do all the things. Like from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. was Mark's time, and I would just go and watch motivational speakers on YouTube. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I did that for a year, almost every single day. Probably, I bet 320 out of 365 days in that first year, drinking yeah. two cups yeah. of coffee and just watching motivational speakers. And it, it's had a big impact. It's, it's a big reason why we're creating this podcast because I know that if there's resources available that we can just keep dripping on people over time, maybe nothing big happens today, but you do that like a half, you know, you get a half a percent better or 1% better every day. You know, I mean, it doesn't take very long. And all of a sudden, there's a new version of you showing up, man. That's exactly right. You know, my what I'm my famous saying to my kids is there's only one person who can affect change in your life, and that's you. You mm-hmm. can you can surround yourself with people who will can help influence you, but if you don't put into action what they're trying to show you, then it's of no value. Mm-hmm. So you got to surround yourself with good people, and then you got to take the necessary actions to make those things come to fruition. If you, you don't do that, it's a waste of time. You may as well play you video. Bet. 
much. I think so. This is not on our list here today, uh, Troy, but I, you, since, since you bring it up, surrounding yourself with good people. Uh, you know, this is something I challenge leaders all the time to really do an assessment um, of the people around you. And you know, if you if you want to if you want to be making more money, you want to have more successful teams. If you want to have a bigger business, a better business, um, whatever, it's let's look at who you spend most of your time with, and that is going to be very indicative of the results that are forthcoming. Oh, wow. so much truth to that. Uh, when my kids were in school, I always said it's easier to drag people downhill than it is pull people uphill. Mm-hmm. So when you pick your friends, you're picking your future. Uh, business is the same way. When you pick your pick the people you hang out with on a day to day basis, you're you're picking your future. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right. So what uh, what do you do to keep your energy up and stay productive? Man, I get up in the morning and I try to eat right and exercise right, and and yeah. uh, and then what always keeps me motivated the most is looking at the next potential project. Right, I'm one of those guys that when I kind of get one done, I can pass that off to somebody, and then I want to go on to the next. Level, whatever the next thing is, if it, whether sure. it's buying Corvallis or going and looking at new varieties or uh, whatever it is, um, cool. that keeps my mind working, but physically getting up in the morning. And, and this has been a real struggle for me. Two years ago, I went through weight loss surgery. So I've lost 165 pounds in about wow. two years. Wow. And prior to that, I was an athlete, great shape, played racquetball, you, you, na- you name it. I was involved, anything competitive. Uh, and then I got to where, when you were saying earlier, I don't have time, well, that I that I don't I have time got in my way and I became a desk junkie, right? Yep. And my eating habits stayed the same, but my physical activity went down. I got up to just a little, I got over 400 pounds. Wow. And uh, I was having a heck of a time getting myself, my joints hurt. So I decided to do the surgery. Haley went through it too with, she, she got one at the same time or really close. And so now that I've got that 165 pounds off, man, nothing feels better than going for a three or four mile walk. And that's a place where I can reflect in the morning. I can start capturing what I need to get done that day, uh, what I want to be working on in the next six months or the next year. So that's physical activity and eating right has become a very important part of my life. I'm super glad to hear that because that's something we work a lot with our clients on is making that stuff a priority. So I find an hour in the gym. Yeah. You end up at, you end up at much more productive throughout the course of the day. I'm a morning man, so I get up and do mine in the morning, and I find myself I have more energy throughout the day. If I miss a few days of it, I find myself at three or four o'clock just kind of wanting to kick back and take it easy. And and when I let that happen, it's hard for me to get back in the grind of it again. Uh, so I'm grateful that I miss it when it happens. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Well, so what, uh, as, as you look forward on the year, what's one of the biggest things you want to improve? You like those projects, that stuff keeps you motivated. What's, what's yeah. a big area of improvement for, for you and your life this year? Well, for this year, our primary goal, first and foremost, is to get our new office built in Corvallis, relocate the Salem location down to one location. It's much easier to manage everybody if you're in the same place. Uh, so we've started that project. I hope to have it done by the end of January, first part of February. We'll get our office relocated down there. And then the next goal within 12 months of today, the next goal will be to, be to build another 30 or 40,000 square feet down there so that we can take our warehouse in Salem and relocate it to Corvallis too. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Love it. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's exciting. Exciting work. 
it's very exciting. I just wish uh, interest rates were a little better today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, uh, so you know, the last question as we bring this in for a landing here, and, and you've been very vulnerable with us on this uh, interview today, and I greatly appreciate it. But to what, how important to you is is vulnerability and being able to create an intentional workspace? Well, I don't. I think that. Um, Another thing I always like to tell people, if you can't be honest with yourself, then you can't be honest with anybody. And the mm-hmm. first one time I gave a speech and the guy said, what's the most important thing in life, Troy? And I said, this, to be honest with you, being able to determine your weaknesses first and being mm-hmm. sincere, right? If you can't be sincere with yourself and your weaknesses, you'll never be successful. You can't get beyond yourself. So vulnerability is extremely important. And I, t- I tell everybody. I can't read. It's tough, but I'm good at math, right? I have a good mind, but I can't read. So I always tell everybody, you know, when somebody comes, I just can't do this, man. I, I, feel, I feel you. It's a different situation, but I feel you. So I think vulnerability is extremely important. It's something, humility is also very important. You bet. So hopefully I answered that question the way you're looking for there, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I th- this is you know one of my you know underlying missions with this podcast and, cre- and creating this resource is to is to help leaders you lower that guard just a little bit. I run into a lot of dudes, especially dudes that are very insecure in their role as leaders, right? They're afraid to have the weakness, they're af- or afraid to admit it. Right. And at the end of the day, listen, I mean, this is one of the big things I've learned about leadership over the years is that, you know, people look at the person in charge and they think they've got it all together. And the reality is like, they're just a little bit ahead of you and learning how to figure it out, you know, and then well, and, and they're good problem solvers and they work through challenges, but none of us is perfect. No, yeah. no, I, um, I'm not even sure if I would say I'm ahead. I'm just in a different place. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody can be a business owner or, or we wouldn't be getting the things done. We get done. So right. we have to have, everybody plays a role. Yeah. And the janitor, in my opinion, is, is as important as the CFO, right? If, if the place don't look good, you don't have a place where you feel comfortable when you come to work and that comfort, when you walk into an office and the place is clean, everybody that comes there feels good. If you take care of yourself in a way and you present yourself that way, the same kind of feeling. People feel good about you. Uh, and I think people sense ego and humility. That doesn't mean that you can't be confident, but there's a mm-hmm. huge difference between being a e- ego st- egotistical and being yeah. ultra weak, right? Somewhere in there in the middle of that is where a person needs to lie. And I think because I had such a hard time reading all the way through school, Sure. I learned that at a very young age, right? I was in special ed. Back when I was in special ed, they didn't call it special ed, right? They, they mm-hmm. called me all kinds of names, right? <laughs> but yeah. at the end of the day, it made me stronger. And I think our society has moved away from this. Yeah. Anyway, I I think that being vulnerable is extremely important, both in your personal life and in your work life. You bet. Well, I just think about the kind of workplace that it cre- helps you create. Right. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you have this workspace? And then I, I run into a lot of them, man. These people we don't do business with, like when the people are just afraid to deal with the CEO or the vice president of whatever, um, because there's too much manipulation or whatever is happening in that space. Like I guess I see it all the time and I don't get it. And it's not getting you further, really. No. Um, and in fact, I think it's probably creating more work for you. 
Yeah, it, so I think it holds you back. I, 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 I always tell people when we hire somebody, I am not a micromanager. You told me you can do this job. I expect it to happen. As long as it's happening, you won't hear from me. I'll help you improve. I'll give you the training and the tools. But you told me you could do it. Go get it done. Right. Absolutely, man. And I think that's a that's a, that's a great place to to land it, man. This has been a very, very, very cool interview. I've I've enjoyed getting to know you and, and learning the backstory and and hearing more about the company and, and more about you, Troy. So thanks thanks for being on here. You bet. I appreciate it. It was good good seeing you. Likewise. I hope today's episode brought you a great deal of value about what it takes to lead life and lead in this industry with intention. If you want to go deeper on the topic of leading with intention, I encourage you to head on over to intentionaltoolbox.com and get the seven free tools that will help you to lead your life in all areas with a greater deal of intention. That's intentionaltoolbox.com. And finally, if if this message resonated today, if there's something in here that you got value from, I promise you there's someone else in your life who also would get value from this. So please share the episode, share the podcast, and make sure that you subscribe.